Friends, good morning and welcome to the weekly worship of First Baptist Church. We're glad that you are here and that you're tuning in with us to celebrate God's presence in our lives. We are distant from one another, but we're united heart and soul. You notice I'm sitting down, that's because I'm so very tired. I've been standing for so long. Actually, just a little different format because we're doing something a little different this morning. More on that later. But I want to take some time to talk about what's going on and what our response to it is. We are in, I guess officially by this taping, phase two. Uh, phase one shelter order took us through May the 3rd. That's been extended through the end of May and certain things are gonna be opening up, but church is not one of them. So for the foreseeable future, we are in for a virtual worship experience. And as we continue to experiment with this, we appreciate your patience and uh, we're doing the best that we can at second best, right? We'd like to be together. We'd like to be interacting, but that has to wait for another day because guess what? Coronavirus changes everything, doesn't it? Uh, unemployment's topped 30 million, staggering when you think about it. I know a lot of folks here in our church have been affected, you and your loved ones perhaps as well. I've been talking with my kids around the country, all four of them have been impacted in less than positive ways. And I'm fortunate, God has blessed me and maybe God has blessed you and if that's the case, we hope that you continue to support the ministry of First Baptist through this difficult time. I want to take a moment to share with you some updates from around the church family. I know every time I talk to some of you, you're asking about others, and some of you are working the phones, some of you are on social media, some of you are staying in touch, but others are not. So I wanted to offer you a few updates this week. I checked in on Mother Hazel. And Hazel's daughter, Marilyn, you know, has been having some health concerns. Uh, this week, she's having a stent put in her bile duct. So we want to be praying for Marilyn, and we also want to be praying for Mother Hazel. Know how dear she is to us, and just asking for God's blessing and encouragement in each of their lives. I talked with Margot Garcia. You know Margot lost her husband of many years, and she's actively grieving. This is a big change, even though he had been living in Mexico, they had been in daily contact, and it's hard to lose someone. Margo and her daughter Marcy were able to travel to Mexico for the funeral, but she's back and uh, would appreciate your prayers during this time. I also talked to Patrick Wachira. You know that Patrick is battling cancer as well. He had his second to last infusion. And uh, on May the 5th, he's going to have some further imaging to see what the impact of uh, the treatments that he's had has been. So fingers crossed, knocking on wood, but saying prayers to our Heavenly Father for Patrick's well-being and for his family. You know, Mercy, his wife, is one of our healthcare workers in the church. She works at UCSF, and uh, she's in one of the step-down ICUs there. And she said that, you know, things over there have not been as bad as they were expecting and anticipating, but still it's tenuous and we're not through the woods with this health crisis. So let's pray for mercy and for others who are working in health care 
just off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Mel and Rona and uh, Samantha Smith. Uh, there are others I'm sure that I'm missing, but let's pray for our nurses. Some good news I wanted to share with you is that our Boy Scout families are stepping up in a big way. Uh, Chris Freck has done some mobilizing and has reached out to some of those parents uh, that don't even attend our church, but have an interest in our well-being and knowing the difficulty that we're experiencing as a congregation. Uh, they are taking up offerings and sharing in the work in the ministry of First Baptist Church and maybe even tuning in to see us. So uh, I'm just grateful for that and for the way that God provides for us during this time. I talked with Dave Maxey. You guys know Dave. He's always just as right as rain. But Dave mentioned his sister Priscilla, who lives in a nursing facility in South Carolina. And this health crisis has had a really big impact on her. And she has been hospitalized recently. She has increased confusion and she's lost some weight. So Dave would appreciate if we pray for his sister Priscilla. And then lastly, I talked with Gladys Lim and a couple of concerns that Gladys mentioned for her family. First is their young son, Mateus. He's almost two years old. Mateus has had some speech delays and they're doing some evaluation. Uh, they're actually having someone look at him, a specialist. They're doing some testing and evaluation. And they're hopeful that this is just different kids developing at, at different rates. But there is a concern that there may be autism. And so pray for, pray for the Lim family. And, and pray also for Mark. You know that Mark had throat cancer a time back and he's had some increased pain. So Mark is going to UCSF. He'll be meeting with doctors there and evaluating what's going on for him. So that's just a little bit of news and notes from around the church family. Uh, I, I haven't mentioned everything from everyone that I've talked with. I'm sure there's other things I'm forgetting. Maybe you've heard from other people. Let's use email, let's use social media, let's text, let's pick up the phone and keep in touch. This is an important time for us to stay connected. And I know that all of you are missing our times together. Speaking of times together, in a pre-pandemic world, First Baptist had a little bit of a surprise attack for Larry and Sharon Rice. I was planning to take this Sunday off and we were gonna invite Larry to preach. And Larry would come and preach like he always does with Sharon but it would also be a surprise party as a way to celebrate Larry and Sharon's ministry at Redwood Glen and here in the region. Because as we'll hear in just a moment, big things on the horizon for the Rice family. Hey, well looky there, it's Larry Rice. What do you know? Hi Larry. Hello there. Hey, surprise. Surprise? I am surprised. We want to take some time to get current with Larry and Sharon. There are big changes on the horizon. Larry, why don't you begin by telling us what's going on with you personally? With me personally, uh, Sharon and I, after I don't know how many years here in the Bay Area, we've uh, decided that it's time to retire and we are heading to Florida where Jeff is at with his wife Joanne and they are expecting their first child in July, and so we 
Can't wait to get out there to play grandma and grandpa daycare and just be a part of that. So we are moving sometime during the summer. It was planned to move sometime in June, and a little bit later on we are going to take different times to head out there, but uh, with this uh, coronavirus pandemic going on, everything is up in the air, so we don't know when anything is going to happen right now. Uh, we're hoping to get back there. We've got our place about on the market ready to sell and hoping that it'll sell quickly and uh, be able to uh, go out and take a look around and see what's out there. Uh, housing prices are a lot better than they are here in the Bay Area, so we're hoping to take advantage of that and uh, be able to get a nice home to move into. Uh, looking forward to being with Jeff and Joanne in that sense, uh, just to be there with them and, uh, and to be able to enjoy my <coughs> grandchildren. Not a great time to move, Larry. No, it is uh, crazy. We announced uh, our retirement back last September, October, and having no idea what was on the horizon <laughs> for us. So it's, uh, it's one of those crazy times. Uh, had no idea this was going to be happening, but uh, we just bear with it, make it through. It's happening to everybody, so uh, uh, we just happen to be trying to move at this time. So it's, it's not easy, but we'll, we'll make it through. Yeah, we're going to get there. That's right. Well, those of you that are newer to First Baptist Church may not be as familiar with Larry, but if you've been around here for any length of time, you know that he and Sharon have been friends of First Baptist for many, many years. Larry's yep. been a pastor here in the Bay Area, uh, as well as other places. Uh, most recently has served as executive director of Redwood Glen, our church camp that we all love uh, to experience. Larry led the camp through an incredibly tenuous, excruciating at times, Very water crisis. Yep. And just on the other side of that, here we are, everything's up in the air. Camping season is a question, who right. knows? Larry, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on at Redwood Glen? Uh, right now, it's uh, like everything else, we have no idea what's going to be happening. but. Uh, in order to make take care of the finances, we've had to let all of the staff uh, become down to zero hours a week so that mm -hmm. they can go out and get uh, unemployment, and uh, which they most of them have, and they've been able to do that. Uh, a lot of them are coming in and volunteering a few hours a week to help uh, pay for their mm. housing and all that, so they're very happy to do that. We're still meeting together. Uh, Joseph is still making breakfast for us, so we, we had <laughs> breakfast this morning, uh, and Tony even made lunch for us uh, one day last week. So it, it's, uh, we're still, uh, the family feeling is still there, and that's good, uh, but financially uh, we've, we've taken the hit. Uh, we've been able to work with the credit union to be able to uh, defer three months of payments, uh, April, May, and June, so we don't have to worry about next payment until July. Uh, we just now uh, were able to uh, put in an application for the uh, Paycheck Protection Program through the CARES Act, so we're getting that started and hope to uh, hear how the processing goes on this, this coming week. Uh, we're also applying for the EIDL loan, which is also through the CARES Act, the uh, Economic Injury Disaster Loan uh, through this um, Small Business Administration. So we're working on that. So we're trying to take every avenue we can to be able to help with the finances. Uh, until any of that comes in, though, uh, we're 
we're scraping bottom of the barrel, so to speak, and we're just uh, living day-to-day, -day, literally. Uh, again, every Thursday, Chad and I, all throughout the water crisis, every Thursday, Chad and I would sit down and say, okay, let's go through payroll, not payroll, but let's just go through cash flow and mm -hmm. see who we have to pay, how much we have, and, uh, and uh, who do we offend this week is, mm -hmm. is always the question, and we're doing that now. But we've worked it out with um, our Kaiser, uh, plan that uh, we're, we're a couple of months behind, but we're working on payments for that. Uh, we did have a, <clears throat> um, a professional water treatment facility operator, and uh, we've been able to let them go as of May 1st, so just this last Friday. Uh, we, we let them go. Uh, they were very happy with that. Uh, mm. it, it was in the plans for over a year that after a year of, our, of having the water system ourselves, that we would go off on our own. So there's that expense that we've been able to uh, take off. Uh, but uh, again, what's gonna happen during this summer, we don't know. We've had groups cancel all throughout this mm. month through next month of uh, June. Uh, we've even had one group cancel in September. Uh, one group has uh, canceled in July. And so we're hoping or thinking that we might take one of our weeks of program camp, uh, discovery camp and move it to that week so that then more will be lifted that we'll be able to have more kids able to come to camp at that point. Uh, but until then, we don't know what's gonna happen with our camps. We're still planning to have them, we're still hoping to have them, but uh, again, it's, it's up in the air and we have no idea what the Lord has planned for us at that point. Like so much of the world, there's uncertainty at Redwood Glen. Yes. And I know that uh, that camp has been a big part of our story here at First Baptist Alameda. I know a lot of you that are watching have very fond memories of Redwood Glen. Uh, just a couple of years ago, we had an all-church retreat there. Uh, kids have come up through the church, have gone to camps and conferences. Uh, it's an amazing place. It's a beautiful place. It's a place to meet with God. Let me encourage you folks, let's be in prayer for Larry and for the folks at camp. Let's be in prayer for the board as Larry and Sharon transition out to Florida as they make decisions about leadership for the future. Uh, maybe, maybe you've got a couple million bucks sitting around, you know? Give us 500,000 for the church, million and a half to camp, split it up like that. Yep. If you're independently wealthy and hiding it, now's a great time to let us know, be yep. a blessing to the camp and to the church. Folks, in all seriousness, if there's anything you can do for camp, now's a great time to do it. Pray for Jeanette Calixto, she's on the board of the camp. Yes. She's gonna be a part of the search process. She's gonna be leading through this interim time. And let's be praying for uh, Larry and Sharon as they transition down to Florida to be grandparents. God bless you guys as you go. Uh, you know that Larry's been a friend of the church, and he was one of the first guys on the scene here a long time ago when First Baptist really needed some pastoral support and leadership. He's been a friend of the church over the years, and since I've come to the Bay Area just a few years ago, he's become quickly a friend and a mentor to me. So, Larry, I'm glad to have you with us. We gotta do a little here. preaching here. We gotta do it. The folks are looking for a little something, something. Let me just add though <laughs> that Alameda First Baptist has been one of the biggest supporters of mm. Redwood Glen. Uh, just in manpower, 
or person power to be able to work with the camps and uh, leading of the camps and helping out with that on work days to have people here as well as financially we've had a lot of uh, people who give to to the camp uh, from coming from this church so uh, I appreciate what Ab what Alameda First Baptist has been able to do for Redwood Glen. It's been a great partnership. Yes. One that we've enjoyed and one that we look forward to enjoying well into the future. And uh, we're going to see Larry and Sharon back here with us with a grandbaby one of Ooh, these days. Oh, yes. Once we can gather again, who knows when that's going to be. Yep. Larry, what are we learning spiritually? What's going on? What are the takeaways? You've you're no stranger to crisis. Help nope. us out here. No, nope. I'm just, well, one of the, the things that I've really learned, especially going through the water crisis, is a, a quote that Jim Stockdale gave, and I used that for a sermon here when I last time I was here to preach, is that he's saying, you know, you have to have the faith that you're going to see it, see it through. You can't lose that faith, but at the same time, you have to be able to face the hard realities of where you're at and mm. what the problem is and what the condition is. And you have to be able to work both hand in hand. And uh, he was a prisoner of war at Vietnam for seven years and endured all sorts of torture, was able to work it through that period of time and was able to encourage uh, all of the other prisoner of wars that were there, prisoners of war that were there with him, and uh, to be able to encourage them to be able to keep it the, keep the faith that they'll be able to make it through. And uh, he endured the, the torture. It was the suffering that, that he was going through. And he even had the chance to get away from that because I found out that there was another senior officer that was put into the prison with him at uh, the Hanoi Hilton. And yet he kept it a secret that that person would then not have to endure the torture of being the leader, but that he stayed in charge of the other prisoners and so um, uh, he was a remarkable person to be able to say I've got the faith I know I'm going to see it through I'm mm -hmm. going to make it to the end um, you know, and even though I'm going through all of this difficult time and I think that's uh, where we have to take it one day at a time just to be able to say we're going to see it through we're going to make it through to the end yeah yeah, scripture tells us that, and we've talked a lot about faith, about trust. This is a time to build trust. Hebrews 11:1 1 says, faith is being sure of what we hope for, right. certain of what we do not see. And there's a lot right now that we don't see. We don't see the same level of income that we had before. We don't see a future. We don't see the other side of this thing. We don't see when we're going to return to normal or what normal is going to be. So it's a time that's really challenged us to trust in God for a preferred future. That's uh, easier said than done, right? Right. One of the things that I was looking at and that literally jumped off the page at me from my private scripture reading was in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. And I've read this many times before, but it just it nailed me this time. It says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. And I had to stop and think about that. Peter, like so many of the New Testament writers, was apocalyptic in his outlook. Peter was thinking about the end of all things coming. He thought it was right around the corner. People talking about the end of the world. Who knows? But this thing that he says, be serious and discipline yourselves 
for the sake of your prayers. The King James says, watch ye therefore and pray. But there's a connection here between our character and our prayers. And this has been a time, and we've talked about this, where our routines have been entirely disrupted. Whatever normal life, routine, and ritual was has become something else during this time. And we've seen that for many of us that's been an opportunity. We've got more time on our hands. We've cut out our morning commute. Um, <clears throat> we have more freedom. We have more flexibility. Uh, it's a time to expand our reach. It's a time to grow and to become creative in the expression of our faith. And it's been a time to maybe look at and evaluate what is our spiritual discipline. I love what Peter talks about, the connection between being serious and disciplining, our, disciplining ourselves for the sake of our prayers, meaning there's an intimate connection between the way that we live our lives and the efficacy of our prayers. We talked in the beginning today about praying for one another, encouraging one another during this time, recognizing that there's so many people around us that are struggling. If we're not sick, we know people who are. If we haven't lost income, we know others that have. If our lives have, haven't been disrupted in a major way, we know others who have. Look at Larry, homeless, living up at the camp, <laughs> out of one place in San Mateo and not yet into another in Florida. These are crazy times. We have the opportunity to pray for one another. And the value of our prayers is impacted by the way that we live our lives. Think about that. Be sober. Be diligent. Discipline yourselves in order to have an impact in our prayer lives. Just something for you to think about. Larry, give us something else. You're talking about that as far as discipline and their prayer life. It's, it's how do we ha have our relationship with God, and is it different than our relationship with other people? It's like I have a relationship with you, and I have, and I, but then I always treat God differently, it seems like, and yet I need to be able to include God with that relationship I have with you so that I can keep you in prayer so that the relationship that I have with other people with my son in Florida that I'm hoping to go visit and live with it's to be able to say I want to keep praying for him and that re my relationship with him also is includes my relationship with God and, and be able to tie it all together in our prayers with other people mm -hmm. to be able to say this is you know everybody is important to me and uh, as Sharon and I are preparing to say goodbye to people, and that's the difficult thing for us right now is that we may, we're looking at the prospect of saying goodbye over a meeting like this rather than being able to go to them personally and be able to give them that hug. But we know that uh, through our prayers, we can connect with them because we're connecting with God and, and have that relationship with him. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's the discipline of our prayers is so important uh, to be able to have that relationship with God in that sense because it affects our relationship with other people and with each other. And challenges bring out the best in us. Yes. That's what we see historically. Larry, you mentioned James Stockdale. There's so many examples of people throughout time and history. You've heard it said it's almost cliche, right? It's not what happens to us, 
It's how we respond to the things that happen to us. Yes. And as we look around this world and we see all of the changes and we see all of the sweeping impact of this coronavirus, um, and we don't yet know what the full implications of that are going to be, but we look at it and it, it's overwhelming and it can be depressing. It's discouraging, right? Sometimes we have to turn off the television and just take a break from it and go for a walk. Yes. But we can also see it as an opportunity. This is a way for us to grow. This is a way for us to expand our reach. This is an opportunity for us to build character, right? Character's built through what? Perseverance. Right. Nobody likes to have difficulty. Nobody likes to experience challenges. But if you look at the spiritual giants, they're those who have suffered greatly. Those who have gone through challenges and those who have come out better on the other end. The Bible's full of examples like that. What else do you think, Larry, in these times? What can we be looking at? What can we th be thinking about? What would you say to the people of God about living during these times? It's something that you were mentioning during the announcements that I see what's happening here with this church and other churches around is that more people are stepping up and communicating and getting together with other people and finding out others on how they're doing because we, we just kind of get used to the whole thing being at church and all of that, but to be able to really think of those that need our prayer, that need to be reached out and touched in a special way. And I see more of that happening here mm -hmm. at, at, uh, at Alameda, that, that you're able to be able to connect with more people, even though it's long distance, even though it's you know, over the internet but you're able to do that and be able to keep people in prayer on that so that then when everything gets back to whatever normal is, uh, the church is gonna come out stronger. I, I really feel that this, this church especially is gonna come out to, to be able to say, we, we've, we've grown through this experience. We are stronger as a result and that uh, the church will continue to grow right. as, as, that, as that result. Right, there's an upside and a downside to this. I was on a teleconference with a bunch of pastors earlier this week and we were talking about that. The upside of it is that we recognize that the church is not the building. The building's right. not what defines us as the people of God, we are the church. So the church is reaching out, connecting, maybe in smaller but more significant ways, different ways than we have in the past. It's kind of forced our hand and it's also helped us to evolve technologically. Church, historically, is high-touch, low-tech. And we've had to become, as a result of this crisis, low-touch and high-tech, or like we've said, medium-tech. We're doing the best that we can. <laughs> and hats off to Jaden and Devin who are here. You can never see them. They're behind the camera. They're making this thing happen. It's amazing. But what the outcome of that is, is breeding this sort of consumerism uh, that is already a part of the Western church mindset, right? Which means like it's, it's kind of comfortable, it's cool, right? To stay home in your pajamas and watch church and you could get used to that really quickly. Turn it on, turn it off, pause it, do this, do that. Pop a bowl of popcorn and sit and watch church uh, in your slippers. Well, when we come out of this, we're gonna be challenging that again. We're gonna probably continue this medium. We're gonna to have to for some time, but it's gonna be a challenge for you to step back into this. 
There's a plus and a minus to everything, right? Right. right. Well, it's uh, always a blessing to be with you. Larry, it's an encouragement to have you here it with is us. A blessing to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Our prayers, our thoughts with you and with Sharon through this transition. Thank you. Hopefully things shape up as nicely as they can. I hope so. Hey, if you're looking for a condominium in San Mateo, give this We've guy a call. We've got one real cheap right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a moment, church. Would you join with me and let's pray for Larry? And uh, for Sharon, who you can't see, who's off camera here, join with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise this day that you are God, that you are at work in our lives, that your work in ways sometimes imperceptible. God, we have faith to see that you are alive and active. You are working through this. You're working in Sharon and Larry's life. You're working through the transition for them. You are at work, God, at Redwood Glen, and we commend our camp to you. God, we pray for its future. We pray for it financially. God, you're at work in our lives, each one of us. As we mentioned earlier, different ones in the church that are experiencing different things during these times. God, we lift them up to you. We thank you for the opportunity that we have, God, to be your people in this world, in this time. And it's not easy. God, we're learning new things. We're being stretched in different ways. And we're doing our best to rise to meet the challenges. So we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for our, our, our daily bread. Thank you for Larry. God, we commend he and Sharon to your grace to your keeping. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, may the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors.